Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and today... Happy to be your podcast host for the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Fuse. Fuse is the insurance marketing software that will skyrocket your retention, boost your policy per customer, make your clients love your agency all around everything good without you having to hire more staff or programmers or technologists. If you haven't done it lately, and if you're not already a customer, Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a free demo of their award-winning software today. So um, before I invite you to participate or listen to this podcast, I have one or two really important announcements. So if you will uh, bear with me for a little bit uh, more than housekeeping. Announcement number one is that we are... Uh, moving the um, publication of this podcast from being every week, which is what it has been for over the last four years, um, to every two weeks Uh, for uh, various reasons, um, some internal, but some also for the best of the podcast. This is what it allows me to do is number one, uh, to... um, Contemplate the preparation and execution of 25 world-class podcasts in the coming year. And number two, uh, to engage with you, perhaps more, to uh, discover and discern what's most important to you, what's most interesting to you, and perhaps who you think might be a valuable guest. So, um, uh, So the change you'll see is somewhat less frequency, but... Um, I am planning on doing everything I possibly can uh, to identify the the 25 best podcast guests and also to engage in a conversation with them that for you will be uh, not just interesting, but, but perhaps um, uh, insightful and in some cases revolutionary or game changing because there's a lot happening in the industry. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two. Um, is that as we approach our 250,000th download of this podcast, um, it's certainly an opportunity for uh, me to be reflecting upon what this podcast means and how we can uh, deliver and I can help deliver everything uh, meaningful and valuable and hopefully delightful for you. Um, Because that's what it's all about. Um, and so a couple of things that I'm doing is number one, I'm just absolutely clarifying in my mind what, uh, I think this podcast can excel at, which is number one, attracting superior guests. Number two, engaging them in, uh, meaningful conversations about, uh, strategic, um, opportunities and, uh, tactical opportunities and tactical execution, Uh, for your agency and for the independent agency system, and um, that both of those strategic and tactical considerations um, should be and will be informed by 
a clear-eyed perspective on the trends and forces that are shaping and reshaping this industry, because certainly that is what is happening. So uh, I'm hopeful that this, uh, in the weeks that this conversation is published, that hopefully it will perhaps be the most important conversation uh, for you and for your agency and for your business of that week. That's my goal. And I will be engaging you. I'm also now looking back as we approach 250,000 um, at the guests that have d delivered grand slams and home runs. Um, and I've identified uh, 10 or 11 that I think delivered so much value that I am reflecting on what, he, what they said. And I'm asking myself, what was it that they said that was uh, so valuable? What does that mean to our audience? Um, and, um, and, and hopefully I'll be able to um, summarize and synthesize and, and then deliver that back to you. That's my goal. So I'll keep you posted on that. Insights from 10 of the smartest, most um, uh, observant and uh, leading edge thought leaders in this industry. And frankly, the conversation that we're having today is very likely going to end up in that list, in part because I think this is somebody, Whitney Norcrop, who really speaks for an important part of the industry, a part of the industry that wants to uh, live in the modern age of insurance and wants to deliver superior uh, experience and relationships, uh, meaningful relationships in the modern age of insurance. So, um, this is a podcast about a before and an after the before, um, kind of a small agency, but that part's probably irrelevant. Um, really the critical part is kind of stagnant and trying to figure out how do we operate? How do we excel in the modern age of insurance? And the after is, uh, the fruits of the labors, um, growth in every area you can think of, uh, more new customers and better customers, uh, retention going up. Um, in fact, it's really fairly remarkable, um, as you'll discover. Retention went up about six points. Premium per customer, 143%. Policy per customer, 60%. Whitney Norcrup is the second generation of this agency, which is interesting. Um, a growing number of my own private clients fit into that category where there's kind of a, um, oh, if not tension, a creative tension about um how to bring a, an old school agency into the modern age. And so this is a success story. Um, at this point, I think I'll get out of the way and uh, encourage you to listen carefully to Whitney Norcup, my guest. She's the chief operating officer of Columbia Insurance and Wealth Management. And she does an excellent job of uh, introducing herself. So without further ado, Whitney Norcup. Whitney Norcup, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, doing good, thanks. Uh, and thank you for spending time with us today. So um, I'm, I'm really interested in this conversation, and I, I have some sense of where we're going to go because you and I have spent some time. Um, here's what's part of what's interesting to me. Um, uh, I have a lot of clients, for example, who uh, where I have um, as the client, the second generation or both generations or the first generation wanting to pass on to the second generation. And um, the uh, and that transition is always really interesting. And, and so there are probably a number of 
different directions we could go with that. But here's what I see with your agency is that uh, it, it's quite likely that the perspective that you're bringing is responsible for a lot of the organic growth that the agency's experienced since you've been there. That is correct. I bring okay. perspective. <laughs> 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 you would see um, your typical agent being, and I got to experience that watching my dad grow up. He was an insurance agent, but what you imagined the insurance relationship being 10, 15 years ago plus. Got it. All right. So we're going to dig into, um, this is a little down the road, but we're going to dig into what, what you have done in the agency to make it work. Cause I know your retention is way up and measurably. So for uh, several years, your policy per customer count is up. Uh, really everything that you want there is, is going in the right direction. Um, but first let's talk a little bit about the agency and, and what your background is and, and where you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm fairly new to the insurance industry. When you look at it from an agent's perspective, um, I, I did have the opportunity to experience the insurance life very early on. My dad was a captive agent, um, with farmers insurance for years and then got out of it. Um, and we own multiple different types of business in a variety of industries. And so I really got the entrepreneur spirit, um, from my parents and got to experience kind of going on from that. Um, right out of high school, I had the opportunity to purchase a, uh, restaurant franchise in Dallas, Texas, um, was extremely successful in a brand new emerging market. Um, but ultimately wanted to be back and closer to my family. So I sold it. Now, at the time that I sold it, there was also personal life things happening and it prevented me from being able to move at that time. But I got a job opportunity with that same franchise company um, to conduct operations and marketing for the brand in a brand new emerging market. So at one point, I think I had 100 stores under me, um, but the relationship and, and what I brought to the table was kind of cultivating relationships within the community and figuring out how to be innovative from a marketing standpoint to drive customers to our doors and success. And so when I did get the opportunity to move back closer to home, um, an opportunity fell to kind of join the family business and, and bring the experience that I had from an operations and marketing background to the insurance agency. Um, not necessarily to be an agent or a producer, but to take all of my experiences and, and bring it to take the agency to the next level. So, um, um, uh, as I recall, your title is chief operating officer. That is correct. And would you say included within your purview is marketing? Yes. Okay. I believe the two go hand in hand. Um, from a marketing standpoint, you can drive as many people to your website, to your doors, but if you don't have the operations and the customer service to support that, the marketing isn't really going to do you much good in growing your business. So to be able to understand um, operationally what we need to do and how we need to, to conduct our business um, goes hand in hand with being able to attract more customers to our doors and then maintain that and retain those customers within our agency. Okay. So Whitney, uh, to some extent, you grew up in the industry. Your dad experience in insurance goes back decades. Correct. Right. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I met him when I was 
in Vancouver, Washington, as the executive of the PIA. So we go back a ways, right? Yeah, um, I, I did drinking growing up. I was I was bribed with some blueberry pancakes on a Saturday morning. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> and, and so um, uh, and then you left the industry. You didn't really work in it professionally until recently. So you had professional experience elsewhere uh, with fo a focus on growth. So here's what I'm curious about. When you came into the industry and you observed how it's operating, you observed perhaps how it had changed, you observed perhaps how customer behavior had changed. Um, what, um, what were the salient things that stood out that you thought were, um, oh, probably problems, uh, you know, problematic trends in the industry? And what did you see as um, opportunities that could overcome those problematic trends? When you look at the insurance industry as a whole, it's a relative, cons relatively conservative industry. Um, <clears throat> from a from a industry that hedges really on risk and minimizing the risk, um, you it, it you seem to think that it's very slow to change. And I noticed that within agents, um, smaller agencies, as well as within our own agency. And the reality is is how we were operating wasn't sustainable. We weren't going to be able to, to keep us um, in business. We weren't going to be able to keep up with what the consumer's mindset and what society's mindset was, was telling us. Um, from, a, from a technology standpoint, from um, an ease of business standpoint, what even what our employees were needing to be able to do their day-to-day -day jobs successfully, um, it, there, there needed to be some change and we can't become complacent. And that's what's hard within the insurance industry is we, we've known something or we've done something for so long, it's, that's, that's what made us successful. But then you look at it and say, oh my gosh, I have all of these changing components on a day-to-day -day standpoint. How do I possibly keep up with it? Whether it's underwriting guidelines from a carrier or what my consumer is wanting or getting into technology and um, now you throw COVID on top of that. You you have to change your mindset. And so the ability for us was we almost had to take a step back and say, okay, everything we've ever known, we're willing to blow up. We're willing to change it and keep changing it until we, we make it work. And so that was an area of opportunity that I saw. And, and again, my passion comes from being able to take something and grow it and continue to improve it. And that was something that we brought to the table and it, it allowed for a substantial amount of growth within a very short period of time. And then again, continued that success on. Okay. So uh, let, I'm going to drill in on one thing that you said, uh, because I think um, the thing that you were pointing out was the disparity between the pace of change in the real world, consumers, et cetera, um, and the pace of change in the insurance world. And that uh, the the disparity between those two, the lag of the industry, I think you were implying is unsustainable. Yes. Uh, okay. So here, here's what I want to ask. Um, uh, and, and and first of all, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think that uh, keeping up with that pace of change does require uh, you know a certain capability and some skills that are that that most agents weren't trained in if they if if this was their background. Um, so, 
um, clearly there are a lot of things you could do, right? But somehow you found the pace of the, the pace of execution that in your agency you were really able to do it in a fairly short period of time. This is an agency that uh, kind of had a before and an after, and and the before wasn't that long ago. Um, and the after has sustained its uh, the the pace of change and the pace of growth ever since then. So it seems that the the, ag the agency's ability and willingness to um, adapt to the pace of change and figure out some way to keep up was uh, a turning point. How did you do that? Oh man, um, that is a really good question. So again, kind of going back to my experience, it was it was diving in and figuring out what was working and what wasn't. Um, and again, technology is a big component of that, but it was listening to our people, hearing our people, what they were struggling with or what their customers were telling us they were struggling with. And then ultimately talking with our customers and our carrier representatives too, to figure out, okay, what's working and what's not. And then from an outsider coming in, I didn't necessarily know all the rules or the, the game strategy when it came from an insurance standpoint. So I was able to ask kind of some ignorant questions and say, well, why are we doing it that way? Or why aren't we doing it this way? And I can tell you, I had some looks that are like, well, you're a crazy person to even think it this way. But then all of a sudden you started to see the shift and, and kind of the light bulb go, go on where it is, why are we doing it this way? This is, this is just what we knew. Um, and so I was able to ask those questions um, push back a little bit more and then gain insight from all these different avenues and resources to say, okay, let's, let's make some change and then let's implement that change. And if it's working, then great, let's continue to evolve with it. If it's not working, let's make another change and, and continue to push that, that forward. Um, and so that was kind of the biggest step was getting past what we've known for so long and being willing to um, do something new, do something innovative and continue to, to allow ourselves to improve. And you can't improve on something unless you know what you're trying to improve on. Okay. So I, I want to ask one, uh, strategic question, and then we can dive into some of the tactical things of what has worked for you. Um, so, uh, you, you've painted this situation where, gosh, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, you know, new technologies, new media, changes in consumer behavior, et cetera. Um, and so we need to do things. Now, um, one approach to that, which is usually not successful, is to chase every shiny new thing. Um, and, and maybe you did that and you just fought through them really quick and, you know, found out what worked and what didn't. But uh, a, it would seem a more strategic approach usually is not to chase every shiny new thing, but to put them through some filter some principle, you know, a guiding principle um, that, uh, that, that guides you in a certain direction, right? In other words, uh, it, it takes you closer to where you want to go. Did you have some guiding principle to help you um, determine what you wanted to invest new resources in? Uh, yeah. So I would say quality over quantity is probably our biggest um, Kind of our, our guiding principle per se when we're talking whether it's a new customer or an existing customer because from a pnc standpoint we really have to separate ourselves from all the the digital insurance companies out there consumers can go to a computer now and buy 
um, products offline. They can make educated decisions on their own and not have to rely on an agent, which is very different to how you had to do it years ago. Um, so when we look at what, what kind of clients we want and what kind of clients we want to continue to go with, it, it really comes down to we want a quality client that looks at the relationship that they have with us as an agency as, as a value add. What are we bringing to the table that makes their relationship with us worth it for them, but then our value and our relationship that we have with the customer worth it to the customer too, and for us as an agency. And so you're right, I could sell a monoline policy, I could write state minimum limits. Um, is that where we're going to go from an agency? No, that's not what we're trying to attract. It doesn't make sense from a profitability standpoint. No, they have low retention numbers. They, they don't necessarily care about advice. And those are the consumers that I would definitely wholeheartedly say, hey, there's some online applications there. You don't have to deal with me. I'd be happy to, to refer you to those products. And so when we when we do that, we, we did, we kind of took almost a step backwards when you looked at some of the clients that we eventually realized it just wasn't a good fit. But then when you look at where our results are today, our, our results are much better than where we were. So we took a, a step backwards only to make it a further step forward. I'm going to repeat something back to you that you said that I think is the kernel of what you're getting at, which is that uh, you're, uh, you're looking for the quality client that looks at relationship as a value add. Correct. The relationship Bingo. is a critical point in any, in any business, really, but even more so in our business. And, and I think you're, and, and I think you're doing a uh, a um, uh, market segmentation sort, uh, recognizing that there are other clients who value something other than relationship more, um, and that you're willing to send them somewhere else. Yes. And, and and most likely, not only will they probably be happier, maybe maybe not, but it uh, it's strategically it's better suited for your uh, agency's growth and profitability. It is. It's better for the client. It's better for, for the agency as a whole, but then it's better for my team too. My team's not going to waste their time on, on following up with late payments or trying to remarket at renewal and, and not getting that quality time with those accounts that really do need that attention. Um, not giving that time because they don't have it. Got it. All right. So let's dive into some of the things that um, are probably new there since you've been there. Uh, so there, um, there are a number of things that you've done to increase retention, to increase um, policy per customer, and to get more new clients. <laughs> That's kind of the magic formula right there. So let's yep. let's uh, let let's talk about um, you know we can we can approach this more than one direction, but one way might be the technologies that you use because in in our conversations earlier, uh, I'll circle back to something that's not recorded. Um, when I originally asked you, you know, hey, uh, Whitney, you know, what, what has worked really well for you? Your first answer was technology. Um, then you did also kind of flesh that out a little bit. It's not just the technology. It's, it's the content that goes through the technology. It's the, it's the technology's ability to do what you talked about a moment ago, create deeper relationships, right? Okay, so right. how have you done that? So when we look at technology, there, there are so many different components to it. And, and our, our technology is our largest investment from an agency standpoint, but it's, it is the future of our agency. And we recognize that. 
Um, and the nice thing about technology is it's constantly evolving. And so if we can rely on its involvement with ours, we see a successful relationship there. So when we look at our technology, kind of break it down into a couple of different components. When we build out what is our strategy going to be behind it and why do we need it to be successful or how do we make it successful? And it, it came down to user experience. So our, what is our client experiencing and what is our agency team experiencing? Our, our products and our offerings and the messages that are going out to it. And then how do you make it personal? So technology has kind of a bad um, name where when you get technology involved, you lose that personal relationship. And in insurance, again, 10, 15 years ago, your client was used to walking into the office, sitting down in front of their agent, going through an account review. Um, and that's where their focus was. And so to all of a sudden now take that away, how, how do you continue to still provide that same relationship, still make sure that that the retention is there, that they still have the trust factors with us, but then also make it so it's constant communication within that client and they're feeling like it's personal. So everything's tailored to them. Um, that was where we, we tried to, to kind of put a focus into place and a plan in place to hit all of those three things. And so we, we did that by, by leveraging our client management system. So when I first came onto the agency, we were utilizing Applied TAM, which is a great product. Um, but anybody who's had the ability to work with TAM um, and see one of their new products, Applied Epic, realized that the user experience was night and day. Um, it was a very docile system. Uh, anytime I brought on account managers, it took them a long time to figure out how to utilize it and how to understand it. So we, we revamped that from the very beginning. And then now it started to add in, okay, now our team's technology has been updated. We have the dual monitors and the DocuSign and the email and all that kind of stuff. But then now how do we integrate client experience? So within Applied Epic, we added CSR24, which was a client portal. Um, we started updating our website. So we, we rebranded our whole website in um, 2017, 2018, tried to uh, broaden our message, but kind of hold back some of the, the chaos and the, the word vomit that gets thrown whenever someone's on a website, make it simplified, but then again, provide resources outside of insurance. Um, we added a wealth management arm to it because we realized risk management, wealth management go hand in hand. Um, so we started to, to take a look on that and, and add in that client, that client factor. So now you have agency technology, you have client technology, and then now how do we market to it? We have all this information, but then what do we do with it? And how do, how do we communicate and how do we make sure that that's all personal? So then we started our partnership with Agency Revolution and figuring out how to take our marketing components and hit all of those three things by making sure it was personal, by adding the technology, by optimizing it, making sure it was efficient. Um, and it, it came down to a lot of different things from a consumer's perspective. We started seeing efficiencies from an agency standpoint in our operations. Um, and we started seeing the value from the consumer's perspective where they didn't feel like they were being hard sold on something. They felt like they were getting the education um, and empowered to make the decision on products. And so it was, it was more flexibility for everybody. Um, we were able to do more preventative coverage. So we were being proactive versus reactive. Um, and it, it just, it, it simplified all of what we were trying to accomplish 
and then really did allow us to kind of go to that next level. And it opened up a variety of doors for us doing that. Um, so you've got some uh, real ways that you um, uh, reach out to your consumers. You've got a number of uh, campaigns. Like so, so if I was a customer of yours, um, I wouldn't have a conversation with you only when I talked, or I wouldn't hear from you only when I called and I said, "Hey, I got a new car." Right. You're you're going to be in touch with me from kind of from beginning to end. Uh, how would you characterize? I'm going to break this into a couple of chunks. First, how would you characterize sort of the nature of your messaging? You had said that you're not just hard selling. What are you doing? Uh, we believe in education. So we we try to not even position ourselves necessarily as agents, more as advisors. So we want to be able to tell you kind of, okay, here's where you're at. Here's the risks associated with it. And maybe here's why this may benefit you. But in order to do that, we have to listen to the customer. We have to understand what's going on in their life. And so you're right, from the time a customer enters our, our agency or organization, whether they're a true customer or even a prospect, they're getting communication from us. And so they, they start with emails and welcome emails and letters and stuff, welcoming them into our family, truly our family. And then based off of their life and as life evolves, the communication is all tailored to what's going on in their particular situation. So um, just had a new baby. Great. Maybe we need to increase your liability limits. Talk about life insurance. Maybe now's the time to get the umbrella. Um, you you have someone who's starting a new business and they're they're just telling their, their agent this who writes their personal, maybe not necessarily their business, but talking about it and saying, oh, yeah, I'm really excited. Well, great. We have those resources to help you. So it, it kind of goes along that. But very rarely do we send out an email communication or a blast communication that's not tailored to the individual client. And so it's not just um, good afternoon, sir. It's good afternoon, Michael. I wanted to let you know what's going on. <laughs> right. All these policies. And, and it's coming from those account managers. So it's, it's really truly a personal communication, not necessarily personal because the account manager is hitting the send button but it's it's efficient and it's personalized on the back end so we've really leveraged some of that technology to be able to create those campaigns but it's not something that gets touched every day the consumer recognizes that hey i have someone looking out for me they are utilizing the technology but it is personal to them they they see my name they see your name they it's not just a blast communication going out to every client in the agency yeah and you're speaking to them in their circumstance right so um let's be clear about this and and I think I am uh when you say for example it's it's coming from their account manager um what I think what has really happened in your agency is that you've um thoughtfully and carefully uh crafted um you know the messages that should go out to the, to certain segments of people at certain times um, and, and, and then the technology takes care of it for 365 days, right? Yes. So you yes. don't have, no, nobody has to expend manual labor 365 days. Y you, you look at the possible communications that are available and you mentioned some of them, uh, like an onboarding or a welcome kit goes to new customers. Um, let's see. I, I presumably during the course of the year, you're probably reaching out with some kind of a nurturing message or, you know, simply, right. Just giving, yep. giving value, not taking away. 
Yep. And we'll recognize different products. So you have your account rounding, right? Home, maybe they don't have an auto. You're, you can talk about the auto soliciting, bundling coverages, um, home auto, no umbrella. Those are all kind of personalized references. Now we've even kind of evolved. That was our, our get-go. That was the base that we started with. But we've even evolved some of that too. So we do our account checkups once a year. Um, we found that we were getting more honest feedback from our clients when they could communicate uh, via email or surveys than they would necessarily maybe even feeling comfortable giving us that over the phone because maybe they were fearful of the response. Um, so those surveys and that email and the, the feedback that we get from consumers, we're able then to tweak, okay, what do we need to be doing when we're doing their account review? What are some topics or things that may have changed um, maybe they had a bad claim experience that we can either address with the carrier, or maybe we do need to look at, at moving them to an additional carrier. And so getting all that information continues to tailor that experience. Um, there's, uh, we've experienced, at least in the areas that we do a lot of business, a lot of changes within our insurance um, side of things and underwriting guidelines it's allowed us to open that communication and have some really honest conversations with the clients because just because a client has insurance doesn't mean that they truly understand how that works. And so being <laughs> able to educate them and talk about, okay, these are why the changes are happening. And this is why maybe insurance premiums are going up and how to review it and look at it. And all of a sudden you again, kind of see that light bulb go on where the client now understands what they're paying for. They're not necessarily worried about $20 to move from this carrier to this carrier. They're trusting the advice that we're giving them. Um, and that's something that we really take into consideration when we are crafting the communication going out, because if it, if it's a message that's going to get lost, it's not worth sending the message. It needs to be curated on an agency level. And, and anytime we send out communication, it goes through everybody in our agency before it even goes to a consumer, because it helps to get that feedback. I might not be dealing with a customer day to day. I might think this is great, that this is exactly what we need. I send it to an account manager and they said, whoa, 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 you, you're going to confuse them or this is going to, this is what it's going to cause where it may be people wanting to, to shop because they're so worried about this. And, and so we're able to kind of tweak that and, and make it so it's effective communication. Um, all right. I have a question about it. Um, it probably calls for conjecture, but I suppose you probably you receive some emails back from customers who say, you know, gosh, thanks or, you know, thanks for reaching out. OK, so um, imagine that I was a customer of yours in the before period and stuck with you. And now I'm a customer in the after period. How do you think I would describe the difference in my relationship with your agency before and after? So um, it, it's twofold. One, I have a customer, I have customers who've been with us forever. Again, those customers that were used to coming in, sitting down in front of us to conduct business. That was a training position for both of us where we kind of had to coach that client through what this new relationship was going to look like. I will say COVID helped that because we weren't allowed to really see clients face to face. So it kind of encouraged them to allow us to, to have more um communication and technology in the digital presence. But the reality is, is that was really only about 10% of our book. Um, the 90% weren't getting the touches that they needed. So the, the feedback we were getting, anytime we lost a client, we'd say, okay, I'm so sorry. 
how come it was why well, I, I never talked to you i didn't we haven't talked in so long or i haven't done this or my insurance premiums kept going up and i don't know why i've never had a claim and it was it was it was that that all of a sudden it was gone those customers now say oh my gosh i talked to whitney multiple times throughout the year and she's looking at this and we're having i i know what's going on and i see my policies i see what's happening and it's because of all of those um communications that's going out to the client but then the efficiency that we're doing on the back end too uh, one thing that we did, and it, it ties to the client communication, but we have um, within Applied Epic and the reports and the downloads that we get, we get notified over certain premium thresholds. An account goes up 15%. Okay, well, what does that mean? Now, I can generate all the reports in the world, and my team will know that they, I, I love my reports, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, how do I act on it, right? So when you look at it from an account manager's perspective or a CSR's perspective, great, you just told me this account went up 15%. What, what, do you, what, what should I be doing with it? And so we've created these processes and procedures and email triggers to notify the client, hey, hey, it looks like your account's coming up for review. Um, we did notice that there has been some adjustments to your renewal. Our team is, is going to be reviewing that and be in contact with you for the next steps. Our team's being notified a couple days prior to that saying, hey, Michael's account just went up 15%. Review the account. Let's make sure. Is there any adjustments that need to be made? Sometimes discounts fall off. Maybe we added a young driver. Um, some, some of the, the underwriting thresholds have changed. And so it, it triggers us to make an adjustment. That wasn't happening before. We didn't have access to all that data to be able to utilize that. And again, curate the communication to the client. Now the client knows that we're looking at it. They're not panicking when they see that renewal bill come in. They say, hey, Whitney and her team are on it. They're reviewing it. They'll let me know. And so all of a sudden you've kind of, you've started that conversation for the client without also having the panic that was being associated with that. In, in that situation, is the client notified automatically? Is that triggered yeah, so we have different trigger points, um, again, based off of the threshold. You don't want to necessarily notify every client when they, they have a premium increase. You've got, yeah, so you've got trigger points. Uh, tr trigger points is a proprietary term, isn't it? That, that's an agency revolution term, right? I so, think so but... <laughs> Okay, so, so well, my point is then that, that you've got one technology reading information from the agency management system, gets yep. notified, and then automatically informs the client. Yep. As and, well as and, 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 and it, and automatically informs the appropriate account executive. Correct. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, so from, so, so that's the difference from the customer's point of view, um, from the agency's point of view. Um, I, I'm not sure how much detail you want to get into, but I'll leave that up to you. Your, re your retention has been reliably up. Correct. So we, it was a hard, I would say it was a hard sell for some of my agents that have been with us for a really long time because it, it did, it was a, it was a shift in our mindset. Um, we went from being order takers and service providers to, to being risk managers and advisors. And so we kind of had to shift how I was looking at it. And some of their concern was, well, no, again, Michael calls me every month to make his payment. I'm, I'm his person. I need to be able to do that you're not necessarily providing Michael that service. You're, you're almost doing him a disservice because you're not able to then focus on what's actually happening with his account. 
And so when we started to kind of make all of these changes where we were utilizing technology and utilizing service center, some of my account managers and the CSRs kind of panicked a little bit. Oh my gosh, you're, you're taking away clients from me. And it was, it was never that. It was to continue to add those values and the benefits so that they can do their job and do it effectively. And, and so again, they were concerned about losing the client. The reality is, is we actually increased our retention a point and a half to two points year over year over the last three to four years. And it's because all of a sudden those accounts are getting the quality time that they need, still having all the benefits that they were receiving before. It's just through different resources within our organization now. Um, uh, so, so, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes the, the uh, hardest minds to change are the ones that are on our own team. So, so your retention went up uh, one and a half to two points every year for three or four years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then your premium per household also went up significantly. Yeah. So kind of going back to that quality versus quantity thing, again, we, we almost made a step backwards to take a huge leap forward. So when you look at, okay, my retentions continue to increase. So automatically my profitability is increasing from an organizational standpoint, but then now you, you break it down even farther. So how much premium per household did I have? We, we went from one point or not premium per household, um, a policy per household. We went from a 1.1 to a 1.82 in three years. And that's within our existing book. Then you look at it from a premium standpoint and, and from a personal lines, we were average household was, um, almost a thousand dollars per household. We went to 2432 in a matter of three years. So then you you look at your higher retention, you're looking at your policy count per household, and you're looking at your premium per household. From a profitability standpoint, the agency was successful. We went back a little bit, we lost some of those accounts, but in the end, the, the, the quality of accounts we have and where our time is being spent was was much more beneficial to the accounts that we maintained and it showed by us being able to increase our policy per household the average premium and then it continued to increase our retention and uh, so now we're uh, able to to focus on those quality clients versus trying to just sell a policy to to hit a number oftentimes when um when the top line maybe goes down a little bit because of the intentional loss of some customers the bottom line goes up because uh, those customers tend to absorb a profit, not uh, contribute to profit. Did you find that that Correct. was the case? hundred percent. Okay. Um, well, I have one last thing to ask you, Whitney. Um, if, uh, if you, if you were going to jump on Michael Jans's soapbox and deliver a message to the industry um, from your perspective, which is an interesting one, uh, second generation, uh, raised in the industry, but professionally raised in another industry and then came back here. And, and obviously you made, you really helped uh, lead and facilitate a transformation in maybe what, what we could have called an old school agency to a modern insurance agency. If you were going to deliver a message to the industry to like, you know, pay attention to this. It's important. What do you think you would say? Oh, don't become complacent listen to what our customers are telling us and continue to, to leverage technology wherever you can, because that's, that's ultimately where our industry is going and how we can continue to grow is being able to utilize that, to, to know what the customer is saying, to continue to, to become more efficient 
and ultimately to, to grow an agency. If you, if you just want to stay where you're at, you could probably keep doing whatever you're doing today and, and make it work for a period of time. The reality is, is there's too much moving pieces that, that we experience as business owners, as, as agents, as customer service representatives. For us to keep up, we have to be able to, to leverage what's going on in the world with technology and then evolve as our customers are providing us feedback. Okay. Uh, Whitney, I know you don't sell anything to this industry, but if a listener had, uh, you know, wanted to reach out, do you want, how do you, do you want them to just um, go to the agency website or I, I don't know if you're in a, or, or reach out on LinkedIn. How do you want people to connect with you? Yeah. A website's great. LinkedIn, I'm, I'm very active in. So any, anytime I am a big proponent of collaborative effort, I think we learn from each other, I think we continue to improve based off of feedback that we get from one another. And so, yeah, I'm open to anything and everything. All right. Super terrific. Uh, Whitney Norcup, thanks so much for joining us and congratulations on your success. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. 